We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand. Just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. Ah, uh, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas 10, as you can find me, veteransminimum.com, as you can find all things VM. I am ultra excited for this episode. I got my guy, Shane Shapiro, one of my jiu-jitsu coaches out here in Vegas on the show. And we talk about belts and fighting and all that stuff. And also, I learned so much about him on this pod where he talks about some of the mental health stuff that he has has had to deal with in his life and battling addiction too. It's crazy how like I see this dude all the time and I'm sure a lot of you see people often and yet you don't know anything about them. I know it sounds crazy, but I learned so much about Shane and I think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation as you guys know how much jujitsu means to me. It was awesome to chop it up with Shane. But before we get to that, some housekeeping notes. We finally set up a merch store. If you go to veteransminimum.com, scroll to the bottom. There is a link to a Shopify and we've put up some hats, bomber jacket, shirts, sweatpants, women's shirts, men's shirts, unisex, all that. All that is up there. A lot of people have been asking for merch. In the past, I would have to make the merch on my own, then ship it out. It became too, too hectic, especially when I moved out to Vegas, no longer being in New York City. It became even more difficult. This is a place where you guys could go and you could support the show by buying some merch. Didn't price anything outrageous. Everything is pretty much at cost. Just going to use you guys as like a walking billboard to support the show and to promote the show. So if you go to veteransminimum.com, you can find the merch on there. Members of the Patreon, big ups to the members of the Patreon. If you guys just go to patreon.com slash veteransminimum, you'll be able to see what the rundown is for each tier. And for example, a guy like David Martinez, who plays for a whole year in the $5 tier. Thank you so much, David, for doing so. You're going to get a free merch item from the shop. So when you listen to this, please reach out to me. Get in touch with me, whether it's on social or through the Patreon would be dope. If you guys have the app, you should have the app so you get a lot of the extra content. But big ups to Nick Chavez, Abel, Ben Coatsian, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, Nick Crummich, Thomas Robinson, and Daniel Gibson. 
I want to take this time because I feel like I haven't done this enough. I want to thank everybody who listens to the show. And the show is growing. It's continuing to grow. The best endorsement is always word to mouth. Tell your friends about it. Tag your friends. Send them the link. It means the world to me. It's a cheap way to be able to support the show. Just tell people about it. So by doing so, just tag us on social. We'll repost it. And yeah, I do want to get to this interview with Shane. But before I do, I want to talk about the Lakers and Nuggets game from yesterday. The Nuggets take game one, 132 to 126. Again, just being really dominant at home. Denver has been all through these playoffs. And also, so have the Lakers. Like the Lakers haven't lost in LA since March. Like March 24th was the last time they lost in LA. So this might be a a series where every team is going to win at home. That's what it was shaping out to be with Phoenix last series for the Nuggets. But Phoenix, again, in a big spot, just completely lays an egg down 30 at halftime. This is back-to-back years now that the Suns are at home in an elimination game, and they completely shit the bed. I don't know what's going on with D-Book and those guys in Phoenix, and especially with Durant being there now. But, man, that is very alarming, and that's also why they got rid of Monty Williams, who's no longer the head coach there. But I do want to touch on Jokic because watching him play, watching him play on a nightly basis, He's one of the weirdest players in the NBA in the sense of there are times where I feel like he's not playing well. And I'll just pull up his box score and he has 12, 8, and 9 at halftime. You're like, holy shit, I feel like he hasn't done anything. Yesterday, he ends the game 34 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists, has a triple-double. Dude had like 26, 12, and 11 going into the fourth quarter. And the game appeared a lot closer than it really was because the, the Lakers ended up covering the six and a half, depending on when you bet it. They only lose by six, but Denver was in control of that game from start to finish. They had a big lead at halftime. Then the Lakers outscored them in the third and fourth quarter, but they just had that big lead. So that's why if you didn't watch this game yesterday, you're looking at it 132, 126 was probably a close game, but it wasn't. It's like one of those games in the NFL where a team will end up losing by seven, but really they've been down 21 the whole time. And then in the fourth quarter, you have those garbage time touchdowns and they're like, Oh wow. They cut it to one possession. We're like, yeah, but at no point were the Patriots threatened by the jets in that scenario. It just so happened that they scored some garbage time shit and it cut the game close. And that's how this Lakers game was yesterday. It's unbelievable Jokic and Murray combining for 65 points. And then on the other side, LeBron and AD combined for 66 points. Austin Reeves continues to ball out. He had 23 points on the road, a guy who does play better at home, but has been rather consistent on the road too. But man, I want to go back to Jokic because it's funny that him and LeBron are in this series because I got a chance to go to a Miami Heat LeBron James game where they played in the garden it was early on when we first started Veterans Minimum and we got a sponsor and we elected to take that money from the sponsor and go and, go and sit really, really close in MSG where we probably wouldn't have in the past because MSG is a nightmare. It's like $400 in the last row and like the Knicks are winning 20 games a year. You're like, holy shit, why are these tickets still expensive? Because it's the garden. So anyway, we go and we see LeBron and I remember I turned to Impey because I was at the game with Impy. Shouts to Impy. You guys know him from listening to the show all these years. I turned to him. I'm like, yo, bro, I feel like LeBron ain't playing well tonight. Like, what the hell's going on? Has he done anything? 
And then we look up at the Jumbotron and he has 25, eight and eight. We're like, holy, sh where, where does this so effortless, this dude just drops like 30, 12 and 11 and Jokic yesterday, 34, 21 and 14. And he hits that shot over Anthony Davis to end the, I think the third quarter or one of the, one of the quarters ended and he hits that shot and he kind of just, he does the Kanye shrug. And AD is laughing it off. And that's how I feel Jokic plays. Like Jokic is the ultimate just like, oh, shucks kind of guy. And then you look up at the box score and he just has 30-point triple-doubles with 20-plus rebounds. And it's unbelievable, man. And the fallout from Joel Embiid and the Sixers getting bounced the way they did rather embarrassingly in the last two games that they played and also Embiid winning the MVP and Jokic and him were the front runners pretty much the entire season. Man, this is why the NBA got to give out the MVP award one to two days after the regular season ends. In the regular season, the better player was Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid meant more to his team. He played at a higher level and consistently throughout the entire season. Jokic at one point was like minus 300 and then Embiid just took over. I think they both ended with the same record also. This is why you can't wait until a team gets eliminated and then you give out this trophy because now everyone is just shitting on Joel Embiid. And it's not fair because Embiid went crazy this year. He had an amazing season. But the comparison between is it Embiid or is it Jokic, it doesn't play out that well. When they announce the MVP, you get bounced where you played awful also in a game seven. What do you have, 15 points? Him and Harden? I mean, Harden, you guys know from listening all these years, Harden had like a 40-point game. You knew a, a, a three for 19 was coming, and that's exactly what you got in a big spot with James Harden because that's been his MO his entire career. But Embiid in a game seven has 15 points, starts blaming all his teammates, and then fast forward to Jokic in game one has 34, 21, and 14 and the debate is, oh, was the MVP given to the wrong guy? Like, no, the MVP was given to the right guy. It was just given at the wrong time. Like, we got to stop giving out these MVP awards. Even, I can't, I can't speak on any other sports, but like the NFL, dude, they give out the regular season awards the night before the Super Bowl. And then most of them don't age well. You're like, holy shit, how's that happen? I mean, this year was a little different because Mahomes won MVP and then he won the Super Bowl also. That doesn't also happen year in, year out. That's something that's really rare. Cooper Cup, two years ago, he won Offensive Player of the Year, and he also won the Super Bowl. But for the most part, why not, if you're the league, you can make it an event, dude. Like, the season ends, just give out, have like an NBA awards night. Give everyone three, four days to just recover. You have an awards dinner in like New York City or someplace. Probably New York City, definitely New York City. You start fresh on like a Monday with all the playoffs. And then you don't have this debate of, oh, man, Jokic should have been MVP. It's like, no, nah, I mean, Joel Embiid was the MVP. It's just that the timing of it was wrong. So that's that's all I wanted to say about this game yesterday and uh, the rest of the playoffs. We got Miami and the Celtics are kicking off tonight. I don't know what's going to happen there. I do think that the price on Miami is rather disrespectful. They shouldn't be a four-to-one dog to win this series. And I think Miami splits one to two in Boston, and then you got the Miami flu. You got the Miami flu. The Celtics are going to be in Miami for a weekend. They got to play game three and four. I think it goes back 1-1, going back to Miami. Now, if the Celtics are up 2-0 and they come back to Miami, you know, we got to bet that first half. It's been very profitable. Five 
and won the team down 0-2 in the first half against the spread. 5-1 and one profit. And the one time that it didn't hit, it was when the Nets played the Sixers. And we've been talking about how the Nets have no home court advantage. No one gives a fuck about the Nets in New York. And especially when they play a team like the Celtics or the Sixers, who are so close to the New York area, it was like 70% 76ers fans. That was basically a home game. That was the only time where the down 0-2 didn't work in our favor. So I think that both series are going to be one apiece going into Miami and LA in the NBA playoffs for those teams. So tag us on social media if you guys are listening to the show. Hit up the merch store. Subscribe to the Patreon. And that's it for the NBA stuff. I just wanted to get on here and just talk about that. And now what you're going to hear is my conversation with my jiu-jitsu coach, Shane Shapiro, one of the coaches over at Syndicate MMA out here in Vegas, coming on and chopping it up with me. Joining me now after months of planning this and after many times in which he bailed on me, but you know what? I can't do nothing about it because he's my jiu-jitsu coach and he can fuck me up. My guy Shane Shapiro in the man. building. My man, thanks for having me, bro. I made it. Made it, yeah. I bail on you this time. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> I was, like I told I was trying to get my brother and we were trying to set something up. Our schedules are fucking nuts. Yeah, you guys are going through it right now. Fuck, bro. It's all good. Staying yeah. busy. That's it. I had you on the marquee too, man, because when you walk by the studio, you can see the run of shows and then who the guests are. And I was telling Brian, who's in the control room right now, I told him, I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't make that because I'm like 0 for 3 trying to get him to come in. This fucking guy's not coming in, yeah. Dude. No, I'm stoked, man. This I'm is, uh, I'm excited to have you on. It's nice to not see you in a rash guard for once because right? I feel like I only see you at the gym. Some decent clothes for once. Decent clothes. Not sweating my dick off. <laughs> Yo, I have so many questions, man, and I want to pick your brain because everyone that listens to the show, they know that I'm a man of very simple things. I like to create content. I like working out love sports and jujitsu is a big part of my life. You're one of my coaches over there at syndicate and the list of things I want to ask you, we'll get through it throughout sure. the show. A lot of them are going to be pretty generic. Cause I also don't know the answers to yeah, these yeah. two. And a lot of my audience, because I talk about jujitsu so much of what it means to me, they've started training too. Beautiful. So it. that's love why it. it makes sense to the people listening to this because it, it fits like what I'm doing. So I want to start this conversation by saying, number one, I respect people like you a lot because I know what it takes to get to that level of black belt. I don't know because I'm a blue belt, but I'm saying like the levels to it, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. How many black belts are there in the world, would you say? Fuck, man. I don't even know. It's funny because Jerry was telling he my brother brought up this statistic the other day about, or I, th I think he brought it up or maybe I saw it on Instagram, but it was like, how many people actually train in the world martial arts, right? How many people are actually in the world? Like, I don't know, the fucking 7 billion or maybe there's more now, but, and that small percentage of people that actually train martial arts, let alone that are actually black belts, right? So there's that like 1% maybe, I want to say, and who knows? I don't know the fucking other percentage, but. I don't think there's a lot of black belt, a lot of legit black belts at that. Like there's so many black belts I feel like are watered down nowadays. So who knows if they're even legit black belts, but I feel like legit black belts are hard to come by. Okay. So when I hear you say that, I can tell, I can tell how long someone has trained. Right. I'm sure you could too. 
How quickly can you sniff out that someone's bullshitting when they tell you what belt they are? First three minutes of the round. Not even, bro. First minute of the round. I can usually tell. If this guy's got a good game, I could tell. By his movements, his, his, the way he's doing things, the way he's reacting, if he's getting too angry, too stiff, too spazzy. Like, there's all these little like, telltale signs of if people are bullshitting. You know? Someone usually says, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a purple belt. You know, like, you got a pretty decent game. Well-rounded, top, bottom game, you know. But, bro, there's been so many people that come in the gym and, oh, I'm a, I'm a black belt or I'm a, I'm a brown belt. And it's like, who the fuck gave you your fucking belt? You know what I mean? It's fucking, there, there's, there's no way, you know. At our school, at our old school, Cobra, you wouldn't have fucking cut it. Even at Syndicate now. Like, we, we, we got brought up having to earn your belt. You know what I mean? And, like, our, our sometimes, like, guys would be waiting overdue for the it'd be years where they're like overdue for the belt you know what i mean but like that's just how we came up you know what i mean like you don't want to get promoted to that next belt and be getting smashed at that belt you want to be at that next belt and be fucking dogging people is that because that's also a bad look on your part if you promote someone yeah because yeah it's a represent representation of you you know so for sure you promote someone too quick or which like everyone's held to a different standard that's the other thing right some people come in the gym and they're hobbyists some people come in the gym and they're they, they want to be a fucking world champion. You know what I mean? So everyone's held to a little bit of a different standard when it comes to promoting. But yeah, it's still at the end of the day, no matter who you promote, you know, let's say, we, you know, we give you a belt, you go to back to New York and you're getting fucking dogged. It's like, fuck, man. You know, yeah. You want to make sure it, it we kinda, give you that next belt and you're fucking, you're representing that shit. Yeah, because it's a representation mean? on you and the gym that you get it from. For sure. For Damn, sure. yeah, that's a good ass point, bro. Because I've seen it, I've seen it where... Like, I would definitely describe myself as a hobbyist. I have no desire to compete. No? Not a single bit, dude. So the reason why is not because I think I'm going to do well or I'm going to do poorly. I just got so much shit going on that I know that if I compete for the first time, win or lose, I'm going to get hooked. For sure. And then it's going to be, ah, you know what? I don't got to record for an hour and a half. Let me record for 45 minutes so I can go back and yeah, train. Yeah, 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 Even yeah, though I'm yeah. training a lot. I, I feel like I train a lot for a hobbyist, especially with the conversations that I have with a lot of people at yeah. the gym. I'm training like five days a week. Huge. And one of it is also like, I want to want to get a little thinner for, for the summer. Hot boy summer. Hot boy summer. Absolutely. So. Deserve one. First one out in Vegas. So we are on the prowl <laughs> as we're go. recording this one. Uh, but I also... Like, for me, jujitsu is a big part of my life because, dude, it's the one thing. It's crazy. It's the one thing that when I go and I train, I legit don't think about anything else. Yeah. I don't care if what's happening at home. I don't care if I've lost money gambling. I don't care if the girl didn't text me back. I don't care if work sucks. It's weird, bro. There's nothing else in my life that I've ever done because, like, when I'm on the mats— and the round starts, it's like, well, I got to protect my neck. I got to not get heel cooked because I want to walk. Exactly. Yo, it's weird, bro. Is that like that for you that's too? That's the best, fu- bro. That, that's, I, I feel like that's, what's get, that's what gets people hooked with jiu-jitsu. Is that just like five minutes of freedom. You know what I mean? I don't got to worry about shit at home. I don't got to worry about the outside world whatsoever. I just got to worry about smashing this dude or not getting smashed. You know what I mean? And there's a freedom in that. Like, it's nuts. It's the same way, bro. I love it. I love it, man. It's the craziest feeling, man. Those, any time that I'm on the mat, it's the only thing that I think about. Nothing else, nothing else like matters. There's no other distractions. Right. It's crazy. Cause like, even when I podcast, like I might get a text or something or I might, you know, I'm 
usually I'll have my laptop when it's yeah. a lot more like analytic base or I got to research something and talk about stats, whatever it might be. And I might get distracted by an email or, oh shit, this person said this on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, you know, you get all that. But out there, man, it's crazy, bro. And that's a big reason why I think I'm so addicted to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I could agree, man. Like once you start competing, win or lose, man, it's like the feeling of winning is amazing. Bro. Yo, and it's that's and fucking. That's why I don't want to do ugh. it because I'm not saying I'm going to go to tournaments and I'm going to win them. But if I win it, I'm going to be like, damn, yo, I'm better than I thought. Now I'm going to try try to compete more. Yeah. And if I lose, I'm going to be like, damn, I got to get that back. For sure. It's and a, then yeah. I'm hooked. It's a, so yeah. that's why I don't want to compete. For sure. Is I that agree. trash? Nah. It's bro. You can be honest. Yeah. yeah I can also edit yeah, this out too. Trash. If you you're offend me, I'll trash, just edit bro. it. Come on. <laughs> nah, Nick, nah. Everyone has their own journey, bro. You know, if you don't want to compete, you know, not looking to it's not saying in the future, bro. You free up some time, do a fucking tournament. Like, that's a possibility. You know what I mean? Who knows what the future holds? You don't want to compete right now? Nobody's forcing you to compete, bro. It's, everyone's on their own different journey. As long as you're happy with what you're fucking doing now, who gives a fuck, bro. How you know long have you been training? Because uh, you told man. me, uh, again, this is the first time that I'm actually chopping it up with you. Yeah. So I learned so much before we started recording. And then a lot of it's going to be reiterated again yeah, for yeah. the audience there. But you grew up in a, in a house that like y'all were throwing down. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like I said, so my dad, uh, he boxed, right? My dad was a boxer. And, uh, you know, from the time I was little, I remember my brother and his friends coming over. And our house was just like, you know, my parents were so fucking cool. They, they're the best people in the world. But they, our house, like, they'd rather have us at the house where they could keep an eye on us and chilling with all of our friends other than us doing some shady shit at, on the streets, right? So we, we always had our friends over, man. Even my brother always had his friends over. I always had my friends over. So, yeah, I remember just being younger, and my brother and his, they would just be, they'd be boxing, you know, fucking wrestling, doing all this shit. And then, you know, my generation came around, and me and my friends, would we'd be in the street playing, and then, you know, we, we'd end up going to the, to the house to box, you know, and my dad would either move the table out of the kitchen or just to the side and be like, all right. And he would rough it, make sure no one got like too hurt or we would just go in the front yard and fucking throw down or the backyard, you know? So yeah, we just came up fucking boxing and throwing down, man. And then so, how jujitsu come into the mix? So jujitsu came in the mix from Jerry. Um, I, I wrestled in high school maybe for like a year or two, man. I did freshman year and then I uh, wrestled for like sophomore a little bit and then started partying a little bit. Kind of got into my, uh, you know, the demons, the demons started coming we'll get to that um, in a bit. for sure. But, uh, yeah. So after, after high school, um, I remember my brother took me to my first jujitsu class. I was training from like 14, maybe to like 15, just like a couple times here and there at an old location, Cobra Kai. And, uh, I think I really started getting after it, like maybe senior year after that a little bit, um, really started to like dig into jujitsu and, uh, yeah. And then since then, man, it's, it's, been my love but I, I contribute that for sure to my brother you know if, I, if, he, if he didn't start you know who knows where the fuck i would have been man you know so it's crazy crazy it, how it works out yeah if it wasn't it, it's fascinating when you see like brothers in the same sport or in the same field doing something how much of your brother has helped you in jujitsu like how much how much worse would you be if you didn't have oh him my around god bro shouts to jerry by the way bro, big shout out to jerry that's my dude Right-hand man. Uh, man, I mean, other than my, my, obviously I had my other coach, Sim Go, right, that showed me the ropes and, and gave me my black belt. But my brother was always the one that, like, really, really took the time. You know, after every round, after every, the, the car ride home, we're talking about our, our, 
you know, the rounds. And That's what I meant shit. also. You know like, what I mean? You know, you guys just be chilling in the living room and fucking like, yeah, yo, let's go over this thing or some we shit. Didn't, we didn't become close until we started training jiu-jitsu because there's a seven-year difference with me and my brother. So we didn't, we didn't, uh, you know, we really, we didn't hang out too much when I was younger just because he had his family, you know, I'm seven years younger. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, He's going to yeah. take his little brother to yeah. parties kind, and shit. Kind of different generation. Like yeah. I, I always say, when I look at generations, I, I feel like, did we go to high school together at some point? Why either where I was a freshman, you were a senior, or I was a senior, you were a freshman. Like, I feel like that's the same generation. So it's about like a five to six year window. Right, so yeah. Right. I so when we finally started training together, that's when like, you know, we were together all the time. And since then have been, you know, inseparable, you know, together all the time. But uh, yeah, just having him like, and, I, and I'm grateful that I've kind of been this way. It's kind of like the same way Corey is, man. Like Corey's been a sponge. Our purple belt Corey, shout out to Corey too. Corey's been a sponge. And like, I feel like he is like a little me, bro. Like Jerry has been molding that guy. And he's like, you tell Corey to do something, he does it because he's just a sponge. So like, that's how I was. Like Jerry would be like, you know, maybe switch this up a little bit. Boom, I did it, you know? And I, and our gym that we came from, we never fucking drilled too much. You know, like we would mm. get in class. That's why we're so heavy on drilling now is because if we would have been drilling more when we were coming up, our technique would have been that much more sharp, dude. But our gym was like, we come to the gym, we're fucking kicking in with the boys and on round starts, then we start rolling. You know, and that's how I got good, just by getting rounds. Like I, I never was the drilling type. I just would fucking roll and do it, you know? But that's why we're pushing everyone to like, you just got to drill, man. And that's something that I need to do now as a black belt that, that's going to get me to that next level that I haven't done. That I, The reason why I haven't been at that fucking next level is because I'm not drilling. You know, so that's what I, that's why we're always trying to push like it. You know, you guys got to fucking drill and just drill, 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 drill. You know what I mean? Dude, it's crazy coming from New York and then joining Syndicate. N number one, the way you guys gravitate to people is dope. Because I was telling this story the other day how I started training jujitsu in 2019, Thanksgiving yeah. week. I go and I was training like three, four times a week, right? Immediately I got hooked right away. Right. Uh, <laughs> I go to my first class, Sergio De Silva is my head coach. He was always telling me like, dude, yo, you got to come, man. He's like, I know how you are. You're very disciplined growing up in athletics. And you've always like had the right head on your shoulders. You did, I know you'll fall in love with this thing. I'm yeah. like, nah, man, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not, you know, I don't want to do that. And then I go and bro, I'll, I'll never forget 14 year old kid, this kid, Joey was training maybe, maybe a year with him. Yeah. You're laughing already because I'm sure you've probably seen and heard these kind of stories. Right. <laughs> what happened to me? <laughs> yeah, he goes, we're, we're doing, um, I'll never forget, man. We're doing side control. Sergio lays down. He's like, yo, lay on top of me. He's like, try to hold me down. Couldn't hold him out. Like, what the fuck? He's like, all right, now you try to do it. Sorry, he made me go down first. I'm trying to get up. I'm like, oh, I could get up. Couldn't get up. And then he shows me how to frame and all that, right? Anyway, we finished drilling. And then uh, he goes, yeah, Yo, you're going to go with him. I'm looking at him I'm like, I'm 28 at the time. Yeah, yeah, I was 28 at the time. I'm like 220. Fuck. This kid is 14 years old, 130 pounds. Maybe I might, I might be giving him an extra weight. Yeah, yeah. Bro, ragdolled me. <laughs> just violated me. And at the end of it, I'm like, what just happened? And Sergio goes, yo, I'll either see you Wednesday or you're never training again. That's a good coach. That's how, was, uh, that's, that's how, how it, it is, is right? bro. Yeah. You're either going to love it or you're fucking never going to come back again. I was like, you yo, I want to learn how to do that, yeah, bro. And when sure. I roll with like you and Jerry or, or Ryan or anyone else, even Val too, and I'll be like, man, I can't wait to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
just fucking yeah. helpless. And that's bro. The- have you seen this? Uh, there's this video that's gone around lately of Joe Rogan talking about if you're an average, like your average Joe that's never trained, if a black belt gets his hands on you, how defenseless you are. Oh yeah, bro, that's the biggest cap ever. Because I'm a, I feel like I'm a decent blue belt for a hobbyist. When you and your brother get your hands on me, dude, I feel defenseless. And I know how to train. Like, I know how to get out of shit. It's like, bro, why is Rogan lying to these millions of people? It's like, yo, you don't understand, dude. It's crazy. It's It's wild. Like, people that have never trained, they're like, nah, there's no way. I'm like, bro, I'm telling you, you're you're helpless. Bro, especially when it's like a... uh a girl, right? Like, and, and, and I love when I see this, right? When a new guy comes in the gym and one of our girls is smashing him. Like that's the, that's even a worse eye opener. Like, let alone, it's like another dude, right? Okay. This dude's bigger than me. Maybe of course, maybe he's, he's meant to smash me when it's like a, a smaller guy or a girl. Ah, that's even fucking You gotta worse. just throw Val at them. That fuck Val, you know what I mean? Val, Shino, one of these fucking girls. Bro, they're all fucking, all you these girls are savages, yeah, man. Emily's been fucking killing it, man. Bro, there's times where I roll with them and I'm like, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Like, at all. Yeah, for sure. And, sure. and and just think of it, think of it for, for someone that's never trained before. Someone that's never trained before, like, they don't, they don't get it, right? Bro, no, hell no. They don't get it. But that's, what's, ever- that's the thing, though, right? Either, like we said, they either you get in there and you get fucking smashed and you're like, I gotta, I gotta learn this because I don't want this shit to happen to me again. Yeah. Or you're like, oh, your ego's like, nah, shit's not. I don't want to do that again. You know, in the streets, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, just in, in the, the gym streets. scenario. You know what I mean? Has anyone ever tried you out on the streets? Honestly, but no, man. Like, That's a good thing, right? I'm grateful, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly am because I like, if I don't have to fight, I don't want to, man. You know what I mean? I'm the biggest, softest, fucking dude. <laughs> hold on, nah, stay on this. I want to stay on this because I feel like the. And maybe I've gotten lucky, and I'm sure that there is pieces of shits everywhere. Oh, yeah. But, yo, consensus, the nicest people I've met are always dudes that are in martial arts. I swear. It's the most, I feel like it's the guy, and that's not saying I'm like this, like I'm so confident with myself, but with martial arts, I mean, you get a fucking confidence, right? Like the guys that know they can smack, like why do you got to be a bully pretty much, yeah. right? Or like be out flaunting it, like who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Like I don't want to cause any problems especially being a fighter, right? Or, or a martial artist. Like you get into a street fight, you hit somebody, they fucking hit their head on the ground. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? You're fucking, you're done, right? So it's like, you got to be smart nowadays. Like, so that's why I'm kind of glad no one's tested. Since I've been training, I've never had like anyone pretty, you know, get in my face or confront me. I've had all my fights, like from middle school and elementary school was a, just fighting all the damn time, dude. All the damn time, bro. Crazy. And that's when, like, you didn't know how to fight. And now that right. you do, we just like, nothing happens. Right, nothing happens, which you always want. You always kind of want to be like, oh, maybe, maybe I want someone to test me. <laughs> the fuck I'm like, you know what I mean? Just, I, I swear, if somebody tests me on the street, I'll let you know right now. I'm going to fucking put you to sleep, and I'm taking your wallet or money, shoes. You know what I mean? You got some nice shoes, I'm taking them. So don't try me unless you don't want to get robbed. <laughs> yo, that's great. Dude, it's, it's weird, man, because, like, yo— I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm very passive. Like I, my whole life I've always been like, yo, you're a bitch. No problem, man. You can have that. Like not, there's no right. way to, no reason to act tough. Cause I've seen, I've been in situations where other people acted tough and it just did not end well. For sure. Right. And, and let alone like with guns nowadays, right? Like, oh, yeah, we're installed on I'm, top I'm of only, all this shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm only talking about like hand to hand combat. Right. And, and like, when I walk into rooms, I feel like there's a presence around me. Like, me personally, I feel mad confident everywhere. Because I also know that, like you said, 
people that do know how to fight, they never really instigate. Nah. So it's usually a lot cool, of, usually relaxed, right? Yeah. Laid back, like always the loud mouth motherfuckers that are like they don't know shit. They gotta they gotta feel like they gotta be the big dick in the room. You know what I mean? What is what is like the warning sign outside of the ears? Is there something that you might tell someone? Like I had a, my, my buddy Jared. He'll tell people, "Are, are you sure you want to do this?" And I'm like, "Yo, if I hear someone say, are you sure you want to do this?'" I'll be like, "Man, my bad. Sorry for yeah." <laughs> for bro, that's that's good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I feel like if somebody like saw the ears and they were like still trying to test you, like. You just got to fucking put them out. Yeah. This motherfucker might just be crazy, you know? Usually, though, yeah. Thank God for the ears, man. Like, people see that and they kind of already know. Like, they're kind of already giving you a head nod, you know? Fucking respect. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Sorry about that. Just keep on moving. Dude, you were talking before about uh, some of the demons that you've dealt with. I yeah. didn't know that about you. Yeah. I was going to gift you alcohol after your combat <laughs> jiu-jitsu tournament. Yeah. That you went down to Mexico and... I asked Dimitri, who's a good buddy of mine and one of your close friends. Yeah, love him. Love that dude. I, I'm like, yo, I want to give him like a bottle of wine or like a six pack of beer. He's like, nah, I probably don't do that. But yeah. All right. Cool. Nah, I didn't know. And, but nah, now it makes man. sense, man. How'd you, how'd, how'd that, uh, how'd that start? And then how'd you end up helping yourself out? Yeah, man. So, uh, fuck. So I, I, high school, right. I obviously was partying, you know, after wrestling started partying, man. And, uh, I remember this one specific night. I remember one of one of these kids was like, "Hey, you want to come grab some weed with me?" We left the party. I was like, "I thought it was just gonna be just some weed." We, you know, we get to the, his his friend's house and he gets pills, and he starts smoking them on this fucking piece of tinfoil, right? So I'm like, oh, "What the fuck that is?" I'm like, and, "And bro, like, we were raised in a family. Jerry's a straight edge. Like, Jerry's never tried drugs. My sister's straight edge, right? Like, she she's at her demons, right? But we've all grown up in the same household, right? Never." Drugs weren't a part of our household, right? Um, yeah, so he, he was like, hey, you want to try it? My stupid ass, oh, fuck, you know, fuck it, I'll try it. One thing led to another, you know, that was, I think, uh, maybe sophomore year. And then, uh, so that's what I started, you know, obviously started smoking weed here and there, but then started fucking smoking these pills on the foil, right? And then uh, eventually that shit got too expensive, I was doing that for maybe a year and on and off, you know, would, would do it for a couple months, get caught or something, would, would end up relapsing. So this was a cycle, man, up until, fuck, man. Not like recently, recently, but, you know, shit that I've dealt with, 10 years of, of active addiction, right? So one thing led to another, and then eventually started going down the heroin road because the pills were too expensive, right? I'm sure you've heard the story, right? Shit gets too expensive, you got to start hitting the streets to get cheaper shit and it's getting you more higher. So it's like, it's a no brainer at that point, right? I'm not going to spend money and fucking not get high anymore. So fucking the heroin started coming. And then, uh, eventually after that fentanyl hit the streets and then started dabbling with that, which I thank God somebody was looking out that I never like OD'd from fentanyl. Cause you hear that's like the biggest bro fucking crazy shit. So yeah, I've been to, you know, two rehabs, which, you know, nobody's known this, kind of keep everything kind of a little low-key, you know, obviously if you're one of my close friends, but yeah, been to, been to two rehabs, man. Uh, yeah, but fuck, man. Crazy. Damn, about bro. The fentanyl and shit, you know. Fentanyl is nuts. It's a mother, bro, it's crazy. And, I, and, and, and when you're doing it, you don't realize, like, oh, this shit's not going to happen to me, you know. It's not going to fucking, I'm not going to die OD, you know. Yeah, you just never know, man. And like the last time I went into rehab, I remember, bro, that day, that maybe morning of, I was fucking, I probably did like 17 pills. Of it. Like, bro, like 
they were like the, the M30s, they're called. They're like little blue pills. I don't know if you've fucking ever seen them. They've been like hitting the streets, bro. Um, I probably, probably did like 16 or 17 of them. Jesus. Because I knew I was going into rehab. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to fucking, if I OD, at least I'll be in rehab. And there's a hospital across the street. You know, so my mind was like, ah, if I OD, I'll be all right. You know, like that, but that's how fucking deep in the shit I was, you know? And then I was like, oh, after rehab, I'll be clean, which thank God I got to rehab and I've been fine. You know what I mean? But it's a, yeah, it's a process, man. Like every day, if, I, if, if I'm not on my shit, man, one slip up, it's, you know? This, yeah, this, you, walk the, a, you walk a fine line, walk man. a fine line, man. But these are the consequences and the shit I've had. This is the shit I have to deal with because of my choices, you know? This is what? Damn, part of being bro. a man. I guess. Yeah, man. You know, well, I mean, bro, silver lining, you're here. Yeah. Not to get too deep. Like you've heard horror stories and you've seen it and, and read about it the whole nine. And my buddy Jared, Jerry Gordon, same stuff. Like this dude died three times, yeah. like back of vans and shit. And he got his life together now too. And I think I saw one of the dudes that trains at the gym was just, he just had a big win a couple of weeks ago. You were down there in Florida. And he was talking Mitch. about his Mitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch Ramirez, yeah, yeah my buddy talk, Mitch, yeah. He was talking about his addiction and all that. Yeah, and man. Like, Damn, yeah. Bro. And Mitch was he was way off. Like he was in prison. He was shooting heroin. Like yeah, Jared got locked Mitch up too. Was, yeah, he was deep, man. He, Mitch was deep. And yeah, and look at him now. He's a fucking murderer now. You know, and bro. So, and, look, and look at you now too, man. You're out here competing and shit. Yeah. Like if you, yeah. do you feel as if martial arts saved your life? A thousand percent, man. I mean, like obviously my family. Like my family's been the type that they never gave up. Right? Yeah. I know a lot of families that how much shit I've done, my ass would have been on the street. Man, you know what, dude? It's crazy you because know? I I totally get it. I totally understand. And I've been I've been in that situation too, but not not with drugs. I've never done any drugs. Yeah, I just yeah. like to drink. I've right. been I've been drinking since I was like 14. Beers. Yeah. I'm a big beer guy. Mm -hmm. That's why you see me training so much too, because I gotta get this ain't for this sure. ain't a beer belly, it's a <laughs> gas tank for an asshole, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But I'm trying to slim down and and dude, I haven't drank in like five weeks. It's awesome. It's and, fucking awesome. And it's just and and like beer is my shit. For like sure. I don't like vodka. I don't like yeah, any yeah, of that yeah. stuff. I just like a nice cold beer at a barbecue, watching the fights. Like that's yeah, my yeah. thing. Also, I could control it too, right? Like if I have five, six beers, I know I'm gonna be cordial. I'm not gonna be an asshole. I've always been a happy drunk. Right. I've never been someone that's like, oh, let's go fight people. It's like, no, nah, sure. no. Nah. Again, staying passive. Yeah, 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 yeah. But man, I had my my demons was gambling. And that's a bro. That's a that's a motherfucker. Gambling. That, that I don't know if you've ever heard this. I think that's the worst addiction out there. Yeah. Do you know why? Why? It's the only one you can win in. It's <laughs> fucking true though, bro. It's the only that's one. Fucking, it's, I've it, never heard that. Yo, think about it. Right. It's that, the yeah. only one where if I hit the roulette table right now, yeah, there is a chance. I could take them for a couple thousand dollars. And then I'm like, oh shit, I got my rent. I got my bills. I could go buy sneak. I could do all this shit. But then there's also the, I could hit that table and lose everything. And then I hit the ATM and I lose everything. But it's the only one where you've seen a positive out of it. And for a lot of people, financial is like the biggest indicator for people's happiness and their stresses. Like, yep. bro, I used to have my own demons with like, mental health stuff and being depressed and all that. And man, I'm not exactly balling out of control. Like I still have to budget my money, but now right. that I am making money, like, I don't have those problems anymore. Right. And right. I've always been someone that like, I don't really value money. I feel like money, it's the freedom of it. Knowing yeah. that like, man, the car payment's coming up. All right, no problem. I got it. Right. Where dude, my whole life growing up with my parents, 
very similar to you, super close. My dad would always, my dad would always talk betting with me. And the family would be like, why the fuck are you talking to him about betting? Right, You're a bad right. influence. And it's like, yo, that was a, that was our shit that we like bonded over. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like my dad is super out of shape. He's a chain smoker. Yeah. Like he, he just, the one thing that us two bonded over was always like, yo, I like 12 years old, bro. He'd be like, yo, what do you think about the Cowboys catching seven points? And even if him and I were butting heads and like, yo, fuck you, dad. You know, like growing up as a teenager, yeah, you always yeah, yeah. like, oh, I, I know more than you and shit. I would turn to him and I'd be pissed off. And then he'd come up to me a couple of days later, like, yo, what do you think about the game tonight? And like everything would disappear. Right, right. But dude, I went through shit with betting where like, I feel as if there's a difference between gambling and betting. Betting is you have some research behind it. You have a little bit more of a feel, a little bit more control. You still leave it up to the athletes. Right. But if you know that like LeBron James isn't going to play, you're probably not going to bet the Lakers. Right. Right? right. So there's research there where I think gambling is a roulette table. Us who hit the roulette table, I can't tell you no matter what, yo, bro, I think number eight is coming up. That's just a feel. That's chance. That's the difference between gambling and betting right. for me. So I was gambling all through like high school, all through college too. And dude, for me, what saved me was podcasting. Yeah. So because when I started doing a podcast, when I started doing a podcast, I was able to talk about it. And I would get the same like fix and sensation and me actually going to bet yeah. and winning. I was getting that when like the fans would hit me up and be like, yo, good call on so-and-so and you won me some money. And that's really what saved me, bro. Cause I was like, I've sold my Xbox. I've sold sneakers. I've sold mad <laughs> shit in order to pay debts to bookies. Dude, oh, I was fuck, working bro. at a pizzeria for like two and a half years. And if I made 500 bucks a week, 475, I was gambling it gambling on immediately bro and when did you start like when when was like were you like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna start doing this i'm gonna start gambling i mean gambling i've been doing this since like high school bro like i was not, i was i've always been the sports dude in my friend group and even yeah, yeah. In, but like when i got into high school i was known as like all right he knows what the sports betting lines are like even my teachers would come right. up to me and be like yo what do you think of you know not that i was taking bets or i was betting with them but right, right. just that conversation because it is a different conversation to have between like sports and then with the betting aspect, it's all right. different can of worms. But man, it wasn't until I started, I started this podcast in 2015. And like the first three years, bro, I didn't put one bet. This was, sure. That was like my rehab and like my therapy yeah, was a yeah, podcast. Yeah. That's awesome. But my parents, similar to yours, bro, like my, my parents have bailed me out a ton of times. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be fucked without them, man. Yeah, same Crazy, here, bro. bro. Crazy. But, it, but it's cool though to see now how like you've turned it around and martial arts is like your escape. Yeah. It like validates them too that they didn't. Like they didn't turn your, their back on you. For sure. And then the same thing with me. Where like now my show, my show being out here, I'm doing all these things with VSIN. I've interviewed with a couple other places. I'll tell you off, off the record. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, yo, now you turn that horror of gambling into like what my content is. Yeah. So it's like a win-win. Right, right, right. And then with yeah. you in martial arts. For sure. And if, yeah, somebody could hear the story and be like, oh, fuck, if Shane could fucking get out of the heroin addiction and fentanyl addiction, like, whatever you're going through, you, you'll be all right. You know what I mean? So. What would you say are your goals with jujitsu? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm. Because you're definitely going to do this for the rest of your life, right? Like, I feel like 100%. it's one of these things where you're never not going to try. No, yeah, yeah. We got to be in the gym. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It really is. Um, yeah, I don't see myself doing fucking anything else. I mean, yeah. I'm a fucking idiot, bro. 
fucking nothing else I could fucking do, bro. There's nothing. I was working in like, you know, obviously the nightclub and the industry and shit, right? And then that was a fun job. I fucking, it was fun, right? I say that now that I'm not working there, right? Dealing with fucking all the assholes you got to deal with. But um, yeah, man, I, like I, I, I 100% want to train forever. Um, and I, yeah, I, I still am caught in between fighting and, and jiu-jitsu, right? I have a couple of things lined up. I don't know. I don't really want to. Yeah, yeah, keep it on the rest. I don't want to keep it on the low. But I like keeping things on the low, bro, until it happens. And after exactly. that, I tell the world. Exactly. And I've made the mistake so many times before of putting shit out too early and then something falls through and then it just, you look like a fucking asshole. I moved, I moved to Vegas in September. Yeah. From last September. So September of 2021, I was hearing about potentially moving out here. Yeah. And I would tell people like, yeah, I'm moving to Vegas. Nothing happened, bro. That shit was happening for months. <laughs> yeah. And then the last time that I got word that I was coming out here, I didn't say shit to nobody. And then I and came out here. Bounced. Fuck yeah. And just yeah. And and it's the yeah. same thing I do. Same thing I do. I'm a, I'm gonna pick on you right now. I didn't tell anyone that I was gonna have you on the pod yeah, yeah. until I recorded with you. For sure. Because I hate doing that too. I tell a lot of content creators in the podcast space. I'm like, yo, cardinal sin. Don't say, oh, I'm gonna have so and so on the pod unless you've recorded it. Right. Right, right, then right. you're gonna look like a fool. You're gonna yes. you're gonna look like a fool to your audience. Your audience is gonna get let down. They're like, oh shit, you're gonna have so and so on. So I'm yep, a big believer yep, in that. Like, yep. let shit get lined up. Let's put pen to paper, and then yes. from there, tell everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm trying to work on now, and, and do and be better about. You know, um, you know, even like the combat jujitsu thing last night. Like, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be like, hey, I'm fucking took a short notice combat fight because I wanted to fucking, I want to be the man and I want to be like, oh, you're fucking, you're a G for fucking taking a short notice match. But at the end of the day, like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. And like, I, I, it's not for you. It's for me, right? Like, I want to do this shit for me. On top of that, I ended up getting fucked up anyway. So it's fucking, it's better it's not on film, right? <laughs> Nobody fucking knows. <laughs> fuck last night, dog. Uh, but yeah, but, but, but as far as the jujitsu question, I, I definitely, the goal is, Obviously, as a competitor, I want to win something big. Like, I, obviously, the main goal is ADCC, right? That'd be the big. To get, to get to ADCC and maybe podium would be fucking amazing, right? That's a main goal, right? Or That's the biggest one? One of them, you know, one of them. Another one is obviously, like, you know, I want to fight and, and, and see how far I can take that. You know, if I can. No, no, but I meant like jujitsu. Just straight jujitsu. ADCC is. ADCC would be the fucking. That, that's that, the NFL. That, that's, yeah, that's the NFL. Gotcha. That's the NFL. IBJJF is cool too, right? Like to win an IBJJF gold, Nogi Worlds or Pan Ams would be fucking dope, but all eyes are on ADCC. Mm. You know, I feel like you're not fucking. Nobody cares about Gi anymore. Like as sad as that fucking is, like nobody gives a shit who won fucking Worlds in the Gi. Yeah. Snogi's where it's at right now. ADCC is where it's at. You know what I mean? I'm glad that you brought that up because that was going to be one of my questions to you. Gi versus Gi. Where are you on that side of the debate? Gi versus no Gi? Yeah. Man, I used to be so Gi. I fucking love Gi. Now, I'm all for no Gi. I'm all for no Gi. Right? I, I still love the Gi. I really do. I feel like there's a place for it and I feel like to be a full martial artist, right? Everyone wants to be a martial artist, but nobody wants to train in the Gi. Mm. Right? Like, the Gi, as as maybe counterproductive as it sounds because of the grips. I feel like I got as good as maybe as quick as I did because I was doing both, right? Like every day, because at our old gym, we had gi and no gi every day and every day it switched. So we'd have hour gi, hour of no gi. And we're, we, you know, we're already there. So we might as well fucking train, Yeah, you know? So I'm, I'm glad I fucking, I did gi, you know? And, and it sucks at the beginning, right? The fucking, but once you kind of start to learn and you become the hammer, 
and then it becomes fun, just like with everything else. Like Nogi sucks dick when you're getting fucking smashed, but yeah. once you start dogging these fuckers, then it's like, oh shit, this is fucking getting fun. You know, you start figuring out how to choke people with the fucking lapels and shit. It gets fun. That's the worst, bro. <laughs> when you choke me out with my own shit, that's so embarrassing. I'm like, man, dude, I probably, so I've been training, November will be four years. I've been training jujitsu rather consistently. Like I've never taken, the longest time I took off was when right. I first moved here. Mm. I had trained like the middle of August and then shit hit the fan for me quick, dude. Cause I've told the story many times where August 16th, I had no idea I was moving. By September 1st, I was here. So I stopped training. I stopped working out. I didn't work out for like three weeks. Right. Cause I had to like pack all my, I had to move out my old apartment, go back to my parents and then figure out where, where the hell I was living out here. So I didn't train. So that's probably like six weeks is the longest since I've started training that I didn't train jujitsu with the exception of COVID. Like right. when COVID hit, we weren't able to train for a couple months. But after that, man, I've been training all the time. And bro, Shane, since then, I've probably trained in the gi less than, less than 20 times. Yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> and yo, yesterday I went to gi for the first time. Like uh, I, went, I went to gi for the first time. I do gi like once a month. Yeah. It's terrible. I'm not proud of it because then when I go there, I feel like, why do I even have a blue belt? I don't even know like what the yeah. fuck yeah. is happening with these grips and shit. And I love no gi though, man. It's all good, dog. But with, but with the gi, you know? it's like someone just holds onto my collar and I'm there for three minutes. I'm like, man, this shit is whack. Yeah, yeah, Maybe for if sure. I trained more in the gi, I'd be able to get out of that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, though, right? <laughs> that, that is, yeah. For sure. But no, <clears throat> it is different, though. Like, when you, when you want to fucking scramble, you want to move, you want to get workout, it's fucking sucks when you got a bigger dude that's just kind of fucking locking you down or anyone in general that just has death grips. They're just fucking locking you down. You're like, Jesus, come on, man. Let's scramble. Let's move. Let's do some jujitsu. You know what I mean? So I get it, man. I get it. What goes into promoting someone? Uh, I know, I know we, we kind of touched on it before, just yeah. as far as like the level of belts. But mm. what is like the thought process? If, if I just start tapping black belts and brown belts, do I get promoted? Like how, what goes into that process? So everyone is held to a different standard, right? right? Like I was saying, like, uh, if you're a competitor or if you're a hobbyist, right? If you're coming in just to, you want to learn to self-defense, right? I f you're going to get held to a different, we're not going to like, we don't want to see you compete as much, right? If, you're, if you tell us, hey, I'm a competitor, right? We obviously, we expect like you're showing up to the gym, you're drilling, you're being a good training partner, you know, you're helping out the new guys. Like that's a huge thing of getting promoted. It's not necessarily with white belts, right? But like, you know, are you being a good training partner? You know what I mean? You're not being a spaz. You're actually trying to work on your jujitsu, right? There's so many guys that like, and I don't know if you felt this before, like with you, like when you start out training, you feel tougher than when you actually start learning and you start doing jujitsu because you're actually starting to put the technique to work. So it feels like God, I'm fucking getting smashed now. Like opposed to when I was just like spazzing out and just fucking hard wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, hell yeah. So, so it's different. So we kind of look for those things. Like when, 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 when Jerry and myself were promoting, you know, are you, are, are you a good training partner? Are you not a spaz? Are you actually working on your jujitsu? You're working on your technique. You know what I mean? You're showing up consistently. And then do they you have know? to roll with, with you and Jerry? Is that like a way that you get? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't of... have to be every day, but like, you know, like I, I it's nice when like, a, like, I like when I haven't rolled with like a lower belt in a minute and they're like, coach, can we get around it? And then I roll with it. I'm like, oh, fuck it. This motherfucker, damn, dude. It's night and day difference the yeah. last time we rolled. Like, that shit's dope. I love seeing that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, you don't want to like, being a lower belt, and I, and I see this a lot, and I've dealt with this a lot, like, 
you're always on a roll with the coach. And that's not a bad thing, right? Everyone wants to roll with the coaches, right? You want to roll with the upper belts, but it's not as realistic as rolling with someone your level because you're not, you're getting a different look. You know, and you're rolling with a black belt and they're kind of like toying with you and letting you play opposed to like you rolling with a guy your belt level and you have to fucking work and you got to put in the work and, and make shit happen. Opposed to like, we're letting you make shit happen. Yo, yo, yes. You know what I mean? Dude, I, I, I know exactly what you mean because there's times where I'm rolling with someone that's a black belt and it happens with Ryan all the time. Shouts to Ryan. I told you how he was he was the reason why I almost stopped training jujitsu, right? I was training <laughs> I, was, I was training in the gi. Fucking Ryan. One of my favorite bro. people to roll with though, by the way. For sure. No, Ryan's the man. Dude, there's like three white belts, a blue belt, two blue belts, three white belts, and a black belt there. And I rolled with Gi in the gi with him. And bro, he put me in fucking submissions I never even knew were possible. <laughs> and then he starts like walking over as the round ends. Like I'm distraught now. I'm kind of just like Mouthpieces out, hair's all fucked up. I'm like, damn, bro, what just happened? He starts walking over to the belts. I'm like, yo, if he grabs anything but the black belt, I'm not training again. <laughs> grabs the white belt, too. <laughs> I was like, yo, he grabbed the black belt. I was like, thank God, because I love this shit. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> yo, the reason why I bring up that story is because I've always felt as if this was the case where you you guys allow us to get into certain positions. Right. And that's the case, right? Yeah, we like because we want to see what you are, can you escape, right? Right, like we let you get in these positions. How are you working out of there? But even even right? like like I'll take Ryan's back, and he'll say, "Are you sure you want to do that?" And then right. I'm like, "Well, now I'm not." After you just told me, like, <laughs> but I I know for a fact he allows me to do that. Like he'll right. let me get into a certain position, and then he'll work out of it. And I like I could tell when it does when it's being allowed for me to do it. And then when I actually get someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, bro, you you smash me every single time we roll. And that's why last <laughs> week I put up that video about the doors with the Fast and Furious. Because I <laughs> that noticed- That funny. Bro, also, also, I mean, it happened to you, so you'd be able to, to vouch for this, but it was the first time that I sensed any bit of panic from you. But, do you, but, but that's what I was saying. Did you see what happened when you fucking, when you go for it? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. give a fuck who you're on with. I'm going to fucking put you to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you the work, man. Like- that was the first time where I, I, I got to it and just the way you move yeah. in my head, I was like, damn, yo, that's like a win for me. That shit was, was getting first, tight. It was getting tight, bro. bro we, we rolled maybe like 10, 15 times every single time. It's just like, it's a nightmare for yeah. me. Right. But that was the one time I was like, damn, bro. That's why I said, yeah, I almost had you. I loved you. it. I fucking loved it. That shit. <laughs> that's why I said that video. I was like, yo, I almost had you because that Fast and Furious thing. You almost had me? Yeah. yeah you was never good. had me. You never had me. Oh man, but yo, I've always I've always been fascinated with like the belt process because a lot of people are obsessed with belts, right? Like, yo, coach, do you guys get that where people are like, yo, where, when am I getting promoted? That, I don't, don't want to say right? his name, but it could happen the other day. Jerry told me someone was like, you know, hey, I'm I'm here now, you know, I want to start. Where when's my next belt or something? Said something Damn. like, so it's like, bro, and at least if you're in fucking jujitsu for the belts, you're not gonna fucking last, man. Like th this is a, this is a life, this is a lifetime. You know what I mean? This is a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. So fucking you're good. The belts are going to come. Just fucking enjoy the journey. You know what I mean? Just fucking work on getting better. The belts, everything's going to fucking come. I know everyone wants to be a fucking black belt right away, but once you get your black belt, you don't get any more fucking belts, dude. You know how fucking dope it was? Like I couldn't wait to get my fucking next belt. Now I don't get shit. I get a stripe every fucking three years. You know what I mean? So it's like fucking like that excitement of like, I'm at that next fucking level. That shit's not there for me. You know what I mean? So that's why it's like, I, I fucking hate when everyone's like, I need that next belt. Like, just fucking enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy it now. Cause it's, 
before you know it's going to be fucking gone and then once you get your black belt now the real shit starts you know what i mean so yeah i fucking people need to just enjoy the journey more damn fucking enjoy it i could see how that could be annoying if people are like yo do i get a stripe yeah and and bro get a belt? I, and it's so funny because every time like someone comes up like hey like hey when when's my next belt I'm like all right now you're waiting another six months motherfucker you just added six months to your fucking good job has it happened where someone you guys are maybe like yo we're gonna promote them and then they came and they asked you and you're like nah yeah oh yep yep i don't want to say his name but it's it's happened for sure it happened well, I, I don't know exactly how long ago but Damn. Yep. And so, I was like, Jerry, so is that is that like an unwritten rule where you shouldn't you no, shouldn't be asking? You shouldn't ask at all, man. Just show up, fucking train hard, and then that's it, man. Shut up and train. When I got my blue belt from Hugh McKenna mm -hmm. from Long Island MMA, I had a feeling it was coming. I didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, man, I'm doing it. like I'm not getting smashed all the time. I'm actually, you know, I'm tapping a couple blue belts because like my school was different. Like we all started as white belts. Like everyone was a white belt, blue belt. And then when I was rolling with them, like obviously I was doing my thing against them, but then when I was rolling with other guys coming in to visit the gym and yeah. maybe they were purple belts or they were like just recently got blue belts, I was like holding my own. And I was like, man, I feel like it's coming. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and I feel like this is, should be the way across like all gyms, but don't ever ask, right? If you feel like you're at that next level, fucking show me and, and get a competition. Go fucking compete and smash these fucking blue belts. You're, you think you're a purple belt? Go fucking dog these dudes. If you dog these motherfuckers and you're like, coach, what's up? All right, now it's undeniable. Here's mm -hmm. your belt, motherfucker. You know what I mean? But don't just be like, ah, coach, when's my next belt? Like, yeah, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Man, shut yeah. up and keep training. You know? All right, so I won't ask for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki was playing in the ass. I was putting the bait out, yo. I was putting the bait out. Skip I'll the always, purple to the brown. I would tell, I would tell, uh, cause like, yeah, I always tell people, I'm like, yo, don't take me seriously, man. Like, I love, I love fucking around. The people that I respect the most are the people that give it back to oh, me for too. Sure. Like of immediately. Course, of course. Um, so I always tell people like, I'll go to Dimitri or even Jerry the other day. I was like, yo, gotta be at least a stripe, right? Like, come on. I just tapped, <laughs> a, I tapped like three purple balls today. I gotta be one stripe, no? So I just be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> get one, dog. Let just me like trolling people. They're like, nah, man, that's not how it goes. But it's, it's, it's funny, funny man. Bro. It's funny to see people. People are definitely upset with, with like the not upset, obsessed. I should say with the belt process. And for me, like, dude, I didn't learn how to defend leg locks until I came to you guys. Yeah, and that's a whole fucking bro. I'm still. I'm. Thank God for Jerry. Like this is why I'm saying like Jerry's been my fucking coach, man. Thank God for this motherfucker digging digging into leg locks how he did, because I don't know if I would have done it. You know, like it's it's. That's why he is progress. Like he's progressing the way he is, and he's as good as fucking he is. You yeah. know, like he 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 took the time to learn this shit for us, for the team, for you know what I mean. So uh, that's why he's fucking such a good coach, man. Can I be honest with you about leg locks? Yeah. <clears throat> when I'm rolling with an upper belt, mm -hmm. and you know they take my back and they can't submit me with like traditional moves, you know triangles and whatnot, right. and then they leg lock me. I'm saying wild shit in my head to them, like you pussy. Yeah, you little I'm bitch, a, you like, couldn't oh, fucking you, catch me. You couldn't catch me. Took so you the software yeah, out. <laughs> fucking piece of trash. Yeah. So just know, like, if you hook me, that's exactly <laughs> what's going through my head. I'm like, yo, fuck this. Now guy, it's man. only upper body submissions <laughs> for you, though. So now I gotta let you know it's real every time. Yo, the leg no, but I, 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 I. So, so the leg lock series, I feel as if, I mean, you've been in the game way longer than me. Yeah. Still relatively new, for sure. But now it's like that's what everybody does, right? Yep. Right away. Yep. Yep, because everyone's known now, like, 
you either working on them or you're not. And you, you can tell right I mean? away. And you can clearly tell when the motherfucker's oh, yeah, not. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to get your legs and it's going to be a quick tap. Yo, that was the one thing with me where like someone would just grab my <laughs> leg and immediately I was like tapping without anything. And it's terrible for my partner. It's yeah. terrible for me because then I'm not defending them. And then, yo, for a whole month, I was just starting every drill 50 50. Beautiful. And that was the only way that now it's like, all right, now it's not a complete panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I do like how like Jerry one time I asked Jerry, I was like, yo, what happens if I roll the other way? He's like, you won't be able to walk for nine months. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. I'll make sure to <laughs> yeah. fucking remember that because I like walking. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Better safe than sorry. So it's yeah. better to just fuck. You don't know what I don't give a fuck. I'll tap in. You know, I don't care. Fuck it. What is it with jujitsu that makes that and I mean, I'm probably gonna be super biased about it. But I feel like it's the best martial art. And yeah. the reason why is also from a from a physical standpoint, in the sense of, dude, if I go, if you and me start sparring, right, I can get knocked out and then I can't train for two, three weeks. Well, so can I. Yeah, yeah. Or you get concussed. Right. I mean, that's the thing about you. That's what, going back to what you said about the being like the best martial art. We stand up together, we got a puncher's chance. We both do. But if I take you down, you can't, you're not going to tech, you're not right, going to just a different world. hypothetically throw up a fucking submission, right? Yeah, you got to yeah. technically get me in that. I can close my eyes and fucking throw something and catch you. Yeah, there ain't no lucky submission on you. Fuck no. Fuck no. No lucky anything. But I'm around. also thinking about it from just like a training standpoint where if you get put in an arm bar, you just tap and then, you know, you do the fist bump and then you roll you're again. At it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I get cracked by a right hook and I get dropped and my jaw breaks, now I can't train for... for six weeks, whatever the recovery will be. Exactly. So exactly. that's what, that's for me personally, that's also a big appeal to it. Yeah. Um, and like you said about the tapping, right? Like we get caught in a submission, we can tap. Mm. The consequences of striking are so much more like detrimental, right? Like if you make a mistake in striking, you get cracked in your fucking head. Too many of those is eventually going to lead to fucking CTE. Right? Yeah, so brain damage. Like, yeah. So we can do our fucking sport forever, right? Like you can't box forever. You can't spar forever. It's not, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, so. Do you feel as if when you see certain people come into the gym that people use the training as a way to battle insecurities that they might have? Yeah. I think so. I think so for sure. I feel like I've done it. Yeah. You know? No, me I'm, too. I've, I've I, you know, I, there's still times I'm not the most secure in my life that, you know, I got to go to the fucking, and I got to fucking, I got to feel, I, the only time I feel secure is when I'm on the mat, right? And I'm fucking, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm with the team and th those are my people and I just feel better there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Feels like a safe haven. Yeah. It's weird. It's fucking weird. You know? And on the other hand, it could be like a, it could be a negative thing, right? Like you can, you can use that and you could be at the gym and you could just feel like the big dick because you're one of the hammers and you just want to go to the gym and I'm going to smash these dudes and feel better tonight. You know what I mean? So, it's a, it's a fine line. As we start to put a bow on this conversation, because I know I got to get you out of here to uh, get back to training, and I'll see you there tonight too. My man. A um, couple of things I want to run by you. What's it like when you see professional fighters come in and train with you? And, you know, like high-level UFC guys, like I see it at the gym all the time. Like you have champions come in there. You yeah, have yeah, guys yeah. from overseas coming. What's, uh, what's the vetting process with those guys as far as like training? Is there like a like the macho man kind of approach? Is it more, like no, how, so, what goes into that? Yeah, so I, you never want to be the guy, like when a high-level UFC guy comes in, you never want to be the guy that's fucking trying to take their head off in practice, right? You, that's, 
to me, like, I mean, to anyone, like, that's the most douchebag fucking shit to do, right? Like, they're already coming, especially, like, let's say Aljamain comes in, right? He comes in a lot. Like, he's the champ, right? There's so many guys that probably, like, oh, that's the champ. Like, I want to fucking, I want to give him a hard fucking round today and, and just kind of prove to myself and fucking be a gym warrior, you know what I mean? But it's not the fucking time to do it, right? Like, of course, if, like, we're sparring and Aljo's in camp or, you know, I'm only using Aljo just hypothetically, <clears throat> he comes in, right? But if you're sparring, that's different, right? He's in camp, he comes to the gym and he's training hard. But, like, if he's just in the gym, you know, he's coming to Vegas, he's not even in camp and you're just trying to fucking murder him, you know, it's like, I'm sure if he really wanted, he's going to fucking destroy you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, don't you try to be a hero. Yeah, just fucking work with him. And, like, you get so much more respect out of that, like, when you're fucking cool and you're a good training partner with anyone in general. If you're not a fucking douchebag, you get so much more respect being a good partner, right? That, that's, that goes for everyone. White belts to black belts to MMA guys to whoever, you know? So, yeah. It's cool, though, man. I fucking love it. It's, it's awesome seeing guys come in all the damn time, you know? How do you guys go about, like, enforcing... Enforcing on the mats when someone is a dick. Oh. Why are you smiling so much, bro? I know I feel like that's you. That's you, isn't it? I did probably in the green lights. <laughs> the my favorite shit in the world, bro. I fucking love it. I I when we came up, we would like even at our old gym, bro. It's like we had those couple guys that were like, if a new dude came in and he was a douchebag or he fucking came in and you know he was rolling hard with the girls, like you you send your couple goons and back to back. You got to run through this fucking guy and just break him off. You know what I mean? So yeah, we got our couple enforcers at the gym. Like we have our guys, you know, yeah. and I feel like people know, like they fuck up, like you get ran through the gauntlet, you know, that's just how it is. So just come in and play yeah. your part. Yeah. Don't, don't be a, a fucking dick. idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? You won't get fucking green lighted, you know? Dude, are you into any other sports? Fuck man. I, ah, uh, hockey, right? Like hockey, I've kind of been getting into um, is it because they can fight in there too? I fucking love it. Dude. I love that. It's it to me. It's so gangster. They just let them throw down. You, you know? know. So I don't know if you're familiar with what they do at the end of games in the in the playoffs when the series ends. They all line up in a line and they shake hands. Right. It's like respectful and mm -hmm. shit. Drives me crazy. Why? I don't like it at all. You Not feel like that it's I'm fake. A, yeah, a little bit. I feel like it's forced. Yeah. Dude, you know what drives me up the fucking wall? What? If you and I get into a fight, like we fight in the cage, right. right? You throw a head kick, you knock me out violently. Like this shit's going to be a highlight reel for 30 years from now. Don't come over and pray to me. <laughs> don't, don't immediately, don't come over and hug me. Don't come You're over and bow. You just fucking send me into oblivion. You're celebrating <laughs> with your coaches. You're on top of the cage. You're flexing. You're doing all this shit. Then you come over and it's like, no, no, no. When Herb Dean raises the hands after that, let's consult. But in right. that moment, bro. Leave the fuck alone. <laughs> yo, when that happens, Shane, and I see fighters that just get fucking embarrassed in front of millions of people watching at home and thousands of people in the arena. And, and you know that this shit's going to be a meme forever. It's like, yo, I don't know. Maybe because I'm not a fighter. You, you fought. How do you feel about that? No, bro. I mean, listen, I, bro, especially like when they're talking shit, right? Like, don't be insulting me and knock me out and come fucking <laughs> give me a hug. <laughs> Fuck you. But uh, yeah, I mean, my first fight, right? My first pro and like, I, I didn't fucking go over. Like I come over to him, right? I mean, I didn't knock him out, but it's like, I, I, I didn't go over and hug him. It's like after the ref raised their hand, we shake. And it's like, we weren't even talking shit. You know, but yeah, I mean, when we're fighting, I'm not trying to fucking 
Yeah, no hugs, bro. You're the enemy. You're yeah, the enemy, fuck dog. That. I'm trying to kill you. Yeah. It's I gotta wild. fuck it. Yeah, I gotta murder you. And you gotta switch, man. You gotta it's crazy when you fucking fight. You, it's like how many fights have you had? Mm, seven. Seven altogether. Like six amateur and then one pro. You know? But I but just that pro one, like Pio was in my corner. And I've never in all my other fights, I feel like I'm too fucking nice, man. Like it's weird. Like like I'm super respectful, you know, but this the pro one, I was like, I'm gonna murder this motherfucker. Like that that's sweet. He was like, once you get in that cage, lock fucking eyes, don't take your eyes off him. And and just think of murdering that motherfucker, you know? And like I and I did it and it like it like it, it changed, you know? Like Damn. it was like the 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 energy was different. Like I was just more fucking, I'm gonna murder this dude. The energy's different right now. We yeah. you just say that. Like, I'm fucking uh, let's go, dog. <laughs> Cause I know, I know how I'm so nice. Like even before a match, jujitsu match, I'm like shaking his hand, you know, good luck, man. Fucking trying to no, be cool. Yo, I'm like, not saying not to be respectful. I'm just saying when someone gets knocked out violently, yeah, yeah, yeah. I find it corny. Yeah. And I sure. get that the martial sure. art, it's the utmost respect, but it's like, man, not like I'm a big read the room guy. Yeah. 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 It's like, bro, my brain cells haven't even recovered yet. <laughs> and I don't know if they are. So I don't want you coming over and doing the Brazilian bow and all right, that shit. Right, like, right. man, let's wait. After Herb Dean or Keith right. Peterson raises the hand, after that, Sh yeah. tell me that it's part of the game. No problem. Right. But I'm talking about like the heat of the moment. Like that shit is corny. That shit is rough. It, yeah, for sure. And they do that in hockey at the end of playoff series. I got a lot of shit for this on, on social the other day because a lot of hockey fans are like, yo, it's tradition. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But it's also kind of- hey, What if you just scrapped the motherfucker? I don't want to shake your hand. Especially yeah. in a hockey game, right? Like, fuck you just been going at it for seven games and you just got your heart broken because you lost in overtime you're like fuck man i put all this shit into this and like, yeah. no, i don't want to i don't want to do that yeah fuck you bro last night with the combat jiu-jitsu right i fucking lose right i'm not fucking feeling it was for a podcast right so it was fucking nuts it was only two matches they're doing the podcast but then they stopped the podcast they turned and then we got fucking roll so after they're like all right come on the podcast so i just fucking this dude's on my back slapping the fuck out of me and ends up choking me right and they're like hey how do you feel right now I'm like, fuck. I don't feel good. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> yeah, what the yeah. fuck? She got slapped around, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck do you think I feel? Well, yo, bro, that happens all the time you know? with athletes, too. Like, a couple years ago, one of the most famous, like, post-game interviews was Richard Sherman was playing with the Seahawks. Right. And he had this wild play to end the game. And, like, he's still in his jersey. He's still on the field. And this chick, Aaron Andrews, she's a sideline reporter. She puts the microphone in front of him. And she's like, hey, Sh Richard, how do you feel? And he goes, well, I'm the best corner in the game. You try me with a sorry-ass receiver like Crabtree? That's what you're going to get. <laughs> and he was just like so like overly like aggressive yeah. and just being like, he's talking shit. That's what you get. And it's like, yo, what do you want him to do? This right. dude just made a crazy-ass play. He's still on the field in his uniform. Obviously, he's going to react like that. Right, he just gave right. you an authentic reaction. And then you're going to slander him for being, like, not being polite and being PC. It's like, nah, bro. I respect that dude way more because that's more. who you really are. And in the heat of the moment. It's like with the Diaz brothers, right? Like, Nick and Nate. Like, they got so much shit, bro. But they're real motherfuckers. Yeah. Right? Like, they're, I fucking love them. Like, they never, they, they were never not who they were. You know what I mean? Like, fuck you flipping off. They, they, they're doing their shit. You know what I mean? That's why people relate to them too, man. For sure. And, like, I feel like a lot of people want to be that, but that's not that. Like, they act like that, but that's not really them. Man, you could sniff that out really quickly. Yeah. yeah. In anything. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think the people that it does work with, like Colby gets a lot of heat. Because like everyone's like, yo, Colby's really nice. I met Colby Covington one time at the airport. He's a nice, yeah, I hear he's a fucking nice ass yo, dude. Yo, dope as hell. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was telling my buddy, I was like, yo, that's crazy. Like, it's just, but you know, you're selling fights, the character, the whole nine. Yep. 
and all that. Shit. Are you, do you watch fights like UFC fights? Of course. Is that like well, the only thing you really consume? Yeah. 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 That's the only thing I'm, yeah. That's all. I love it, man. I feel like that you guys are always, matches. you guys are always in the gym. So you probably don't even have time to do the, yeah. The I mean, that's nice, yeah. Yeah. We're always in the gym, man. I mean, that's the thing. Like Saturdays we're off, you know, open mat and then we get to watch fights at night. So it's like, that's the only time we really get to like sit down, chill and watch some shit, you know? But yeah, man. Hey, man, I want to wrap this up by giving people a chance to show you some love and support. Before you give out your social media, what was that thing that you wanted people to go and tag you on? Is that still oh, yeah. is so, that still a thing? Maybe we could get some people to go and tag you on there. Man, I don't know if... I, so it was with the UFC Fight Pass. Uh, last December, they had UFC 3 and they had Gordon on it. And I was trying to get on it because I'm 2-0, right? I beat Bobby Green. I beat Andre Feely. Um, both pretty quick submissions. So I feel like I deserved a third match. I feel like, you know, they should give me somebody again. I, I, my performances were pretty fucking impressive. I feel like there were quick subs against two top level UFC guys, you know, Bobby Green's just about to fight Tony Ferguson. Um, and Andre Philly's a fucking killer. Um, but yeah, so they just announced, they told me they were going to get me on this card in July. And then I checked Instagram and found out that they already had the card established. That's why I told everyone to tag and try to get me on there, you know? So, um, if you guys want to go on the UFC page and it's the UFC Invitational 4 and maybe tag me, um, maybe they might be able to get me on last minute, but I don't know. I don't know if the card's already set in stone. You know what I mean? But, I'm going to link that to the description of the perfect. episode. So you yeah. guys could go and check that out and go and tag Shane. And like I said, I don't, I don't blame them, right? Like the UFC has their guys. I don't want to see their guys get fucking smashed, right? Yeah, that's the case. That's it. Is that the case? Though? I think so. I think they're fucking it scared. Be, it's right? got to be. They're fucking scared. I'm not in the UFC. They don't want some guy that's just going to come in and dog their fucking, their guys, you know? But bro, jujitsu is like, there's like good in jujitsu and then good in MMA jujitsu. For sure. Which I feel like there's a lot of good jujitsu guys in there, like in, in UFC. Like, give me one of those dudes, man. Give me a fucking, give me a, a straight jujitsu. Give me Oliveira. Give me one of these fucking guys. Let's go to war, man. You know what I mean? Let's really see. That'd be sick. Damn, that'd be you know? dope. That'd be fucking dope. That'd be dope. Shane, before we wrap up, man. I want you to give people your social media. I appreciate your time for coming of on course. the pod. I know how busy you are. Tell the people where they can find you. The man, bro. Thank you for having me, man. Like, I, I appreciate you so much. And I'm sorry for bailing on you so many goddamn times. <laughs> You're my dude, though. I appreciate it. Um, so my Instagram is uh, Shane underscore Paul MMA. Um, that's it. That's only on Instagram. I don't have Twitter or Snapchat. Might get an OnlyFans soon. So I'll let you boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen. Make your money however you can. Let's go. So that's all I'll say to that. Look, I got a Patreon. I feel like Patreon and OnlyFans is the same thing. Oh, shit. I'll Patreon, show you last, man. Patreon, you keep your pants on for the most part. I don't want it. I'm trying <laughs> to take my pants off at all costs, man. It's hot boy summer. At Veterans Minimums, you can find all things VM. The Patreon is patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. Go and support there. We're at 60 members. Trying to get to 100 by week one. And we're actually doing a lot of giveaways now that we do have a merch store. Some of the people that subscribe to the Patreon for the whole year, I'm going to get you your merch now, now that we have a wholesaler that's going to be able to go and get you your merch. So thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.